0: Today's scripture reading is 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 8 through 18. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword and I even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away and he said go out and stand on the mount before the Lord and behold the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord but the Lord was not in the wind and after the wind an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake and after the earthquake a fire But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abimeloha, you shall anoint to be the prophet in your place. And the one who escaped from the sword of Hazael shall put Jehu to put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel. All the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Last week,
1: we mentioned um, briefly the the importance of these things that we know as defibrillators. These are those instruments that most of us probably have never seen in use outside of a movie or 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 TV show. I remember growing up and watching all those um, cop shows that were very popular back in those days. And it would seem like every, every show had this dramatic scene of somebody who was dead or just dying, and the EMTs or the police officers would bring out this machine with these two big pads on them, and they tell everybody to clear. And they put those pads on that person's chest and boom. And the person would literally jump, bounce off the table or bounce off the floor. And then they'd look and they'd look at the screen and they'd be looking for a line. They'd be looking for that line to beat up and down, up and down, up and down. Because if that line beat up and down, Then there was life. What they didn't want was a flat line. A flat line signaled death. And we learned last week, right, that that's life. Life is not a flat line. Life is beating up and down, up and down. As our friend Ambassador reminded us, right, you can be up on top of the world like a polar cap. Never stressed out. Always chest out and shoulders back. Always keep landing on your feet like when you throw a cat. But before you know it, snap, you're flat like a yoga mat. That's life. This is the life in this world. This is life of faith. The life of faith, beloved, is not one mountaintop experience to another, to another, to another. No, life of faith has peaks and valleys. There are highs and there are lows. There are ups and there are downs. In fact, beloved, this is the way God has designed it. Remember in Mark chapter 9? When Jesus was on what we have come to know as the Mount of Transfiguration with his disciples, Peter, James, and John. And while on that mountain, Jesus gave his disciples the experience of their lives. He gave them a glimpse, he allowed them to peek into his glory. And Peter, after this experience, and Peter, after beholding the glory of Christ, in verse 5 of chapter 9 of Mark, said, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. You know what Peter wanted to do, beloved? Peter wanted to stay on the mountaintop. Who wouldn't? So that is not God's plan for us, beloved. The valleys and the lows are ordained by God just as are the peaks and the highs. The hand of God that leads us to the mountaintop experiences is the hand, the same hand of God that leads us into the darkness of the valley into the valley of the shadow of death. And just as God leads us from mountaintop to valley, so also God leads us, beloved, from valley to mountaintop. The God, the God who is with us has ordained that we go from faith to fear is also the Lord who lovingly and graciously leads us back from fear. Back to faith. And this is what we learned in Elijah this morning. Elijah had gone, as we saw last week, from faith to fear. But this morning, we see God leading Elijah back from fear to faith. Elijah had gone down into the darkness of the valley, from the mountaintop experience of Carmel, And now we see this morning that God is going to lead Elijah out of the valley and back up to the mountain top. This morning, beloved, we learn what it is by the grace and goodness of God to be led from fear back to faith. From fear back to faith. We pick up from last week in chapter 19. Elijah was on the run from Jezebel. She had made some serious threats against his life. And Elijah was afraid and thus he ran And he ran and he ran and he ran, the Bible says, as far as he could until he was exhausted from fear. And that exhaustion from fear had led him to say enough was enough. He wanted to lie down and die. His faith had given over to fear. And that fear was going to be fatal. Except, beloved, God had other plans. God had other ideas. He always does. He always does, beloved. Fear was not going to have The final word in Elijah's life. God always does. Beloved, it is never over until God says it's over. Sin is never the final word in your life. God's grace is. Condemnation is not the end of your life. God's compassion and mercy are. This is what we see. The Lord our God didn't just tell Elijah. He showed Elijah. This is what he will show us this morning. You and I may go from faith to fear. Indeed, we do at times, beloved. But by the grace of God, we can also go from fear to faith again. From fear to faith again. How? How? How do we do that? We do that by remembering who God is. Remember who God is. Remember, God is still God. Remember, mercy is still mercy. Remember, grace is still grace. Your Valley doesn't change those things. Your lows, your downs don't change the fact that God is God. Your valley doesn't change the fact that mercy is still mercy and grace is still grace. Your sin and your failure don't change that God is still compassionate. God is still merciful. That his grace still abounds. So how do we do that? Well, beloved, I want to suggest to you this morning that we need to remember two, three things about God. That he showed Elijah. Three things, and they're simple things, beloved, and when you hear them, you're going to say, oh, yeah. I knew that. Remember, one, that God is Lord of yesterday. Remember, two, that God is Lord of today. And remember, three, that God is Lord of tomorrow. Now, who didn't know that? Elijah forgot it, and we often forget it when we go down into valleys, but he is the Lord of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We come out of the valley, and we come out of fear, and we grow in more faith when we remember that God is the Lord of yesterday. He is Lord over yesterday. In other words, in other words, when I say that the Lord is Lord over yesterday, what I'm saying is that you need to remember where you came from. You want to get out the valley Remember where you came from. When the Lord wanted to renew, when the Lord wanted to revive Elijah, what did he do? He took Elijah back. Back to where it all began. He took him to Mount Horeb. He took him to Mount Sinai. verse 8, chapter 19, so he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by that food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. After he had fed and refreshed Elijah, God took him back. Back to Horeb, back to Sinai, which is called in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1, the mountain of God. This is the place. This is the place where Moses met God. This is the place of the burning bush. This is the place of redemption. This is the place where the children of Israel came after they were delivered out of Egypt. This is the place where God revealed his commandments to his people. This is the place of redemption. This is the place of revelation. This is the place of remembrance. In Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 15, God says over and over again to the nation of Israel, remember, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an arm, outstretched arm. And he brought them out so that he would bring them to the mountain. that there at the mountain, they would behold God. And in one sense, beloved, what God did was he took Elijah back to where it all began. He wanted Elijah to see, but even more than that, he wanted him to remember. Remember That God has been there and that God will still be there. That God was and is the Lord of yesterday. Remember yesterday. Remember yesterday. Remember when you first believed. Too often, beloved, just too often we forget what got us here. We forget what's gathered here. We lose faith because we forget where we come from. We forget how long the Lord has brought us because of all the trappings of success. But before all of those trappings, beloved, it was just you and God. Remember those days? It was just you and God. Elijah, before the fire on the mountain, before the rain from heaven, before raising the boy from the dead, it was just you and God, Elijah. Remember those days? Do you remember those days? Before the careers, before marriage, before children, before church buildings, before field parking lots, before live stream? There was just you and God. He was there. He was there. Just you and God. The simplicity of prayer, the honesty of your devotion. Just you and God. Do you remember? You know what God says, beloved? God says, I remember. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 2, he says, I remember. I remember the devotion of your youth, how as a a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness, through a land not even sown. I remember. Do you remember? Do you remember when God was all you had? Do you remember when God was all you needed? Do you remember? Rehearsing, beloved, rehearsing our humble beginnings in faith is always a good exercise, beloved. Always good, particularly in those down moments. We need to get back to the fundamentals. Back to the basics. Looking back to what God has done. Listening again. To what God has said. You know, one of the worst things we do in our lives, beloved, one of the worst things we do in our lives is forget. Forget birthdays. Today is somebody's birthday, isn't that Phil? You didn't forget that, did you? No, you better not forget that. We forget birthdays. We forget anniversaries. We forget answers to tests. forget appointments. And all those things, beloved, are bad enough. But there's nothing worse than forgetting the grace and the mercy of God. And we forget that there was a time when you didn't know the Lord, and now you do. We, We forget that there was a time When my sin condemned me, but now it doesn't. There was a time when Satan controlled me, and now he can't. Beloved, how? Those who come out the valley, how do they come out? How did Christian and hopeful get out of the dungeon? of the giant of despair. They come out because they remember that the Lord of past mercies is still the Lord of all mercies. They remember that that the key is to remembering the grace of God. He who saved you then will save you now. Remember. Remember where you come from. Remember that God is the Lord of yesterday, and ask the Lord to take you back. Just take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, to where I first believed. Have you come out of that valley? Remember that God is the Lord of yesterday. Remember where you've come from. But then also remember that He is the Lord of today. And as He had been with Moses, so He was going to be with Elijah. And as He was with You yesterday, beloved, so the Lord is with you today. Remember, the Lord is God over today, not just yesterday. He is Lord right now. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of the valley, in the midst of the down. Not only remember where you come from, but remember why you are here. If you're going to move from fear to faith, it is important to remember your why. Remember your why. You see that all the time these days, don't you? Remember your why. You see it everywhere, everywhere. You see it on T-shirts. The latest trend in self help and, and motivation. You see it on Pinterest. You see it in TED Talks. It's everywhere, beloved. Remember your why. It helps you establish your purpose. It helps you establish a, a reason, a meaning, an importance to life. But you need to understand something, beloved. That is not new. This was essentially what God was saying to Elijah. Chapter 19 and verse 9 says, there he came into a cave and spent the night. And there at that mountain, the word of the Lord came to him and saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? Why are you here? Why are you here? I don't know if you understand, but that is a wonderfully probing, important question this morning. Why are you here? Elijah had become distracted. Distracted, caught up in the troubles of his time. And distraction, beloved, leads to discouragement. You need to write this down. I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Distraction leads to discouragement. Discouragement leads to despair. And despair leads to defeat. And that was Elijah. I'm going to say that again. Distraction leads to discouragement. Discouragement leads to despair, and despair leads to defeat. That was Elijah. I understand because I've been there. It took me 10 years, 10 years to graduate from college. Wasn't because I didn't know, wasn't because I couldn't read and write, I got distracted. My first time of entering school and being away from home, I got distracted by the noise. Playing football, partying, and a little school on the side. Just enough school so I could keep playing and partying. So they didn't kick me out. I got distracted. And that distraction led to my discouragement ultimately led to my despair, which led to me dropping out. Because that's what distraction does. have the second time around, Bob, the second time around, Bob, it was different. It was different because I understood the why. I understood the why. And the Lord had awakened me To the why I was there. Twice, 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 God awakened Elijah and asked him the why. Why are you here, Elijah? Why are you here? Right now, today. Notice what Elijah said. Verse 10. I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword, and I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. That's why I'm here. I'm here because I've been faithful and nobody else is. I'm here because no one else cares. Why are you down in the valley today? I'm here because I'm all alone. I'm here because my life is over. Do you hear it? Do you hear the soundtrack playing in Elijah's head over and over again? It's like his favorite song. He has it on repeat, beloved. He's rehearsed it. He knows every line. It's playing over and over again on repeat. It's a song of self righteousness. I alone am faithful. It's a song of self importance. I'm the only one left. It's a song of self pity. My life is over. Self-righteousness, self-importance, self-pity. But, beloved, I want to suggest something really important to you this morning, that this is not just self-talk. This is Satan talk. This is sin talking. This is the track that the devil plays over and over and over again while you're down in the valley. I know what I'm talking about because I've heard it over and over again. Plays on repeat. I've heard it, but you ain't got to listen to me. Job heard it. In the midst of his despair, the Bible says, that his wife came to him, in Job chapter 2 and verse 9, and said, Are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Why don't you just curse God and die? That's Satan talk. That's sin talk. Jonah heard it. Jesus heard it. And it was playing over and over again in Elijah's head. Playing over and over again in Elijah's head. As it plays over and over again in too many of our heads, in too many of our hearts. Believing that no one cares. Trying to convince you that you're all alone. Trying to convince you that no one is trying but you. You know what God does, beloved? God tells Elijah, Elijah, this is a new day. I'm here, and I got a new soundtrack I want you to listen to. I got a new soundtrack I want you to hear. Listen, beloved. When the devil plays his soundtrack, thankfully, by the mercy of God, God plays a louder one, plays a better one. And if you would get up and hear, you might hear what Elijah heard as God turned up the volume and began playing earth, wind, and fire. Earth, wind, and fire came through the speakers. I'm not making that up. The Lord told him, get up, go out, stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. And when the Lord passed by, the soundtrack began to play. There was an earthquake. There was a mighty wind. There was a great fire. And God said, Elijah, do you remember the 21st night of September? He said, Elijah, shining star for you to see what your life can truly be. It began playing like nothing Elijah had heard before. God was speaking through the earth. He was speaking through the wind. He was speaking through the fire. But that was not an unprecedented, beloved. He had done that before. They were at Mount Sinai. He had done that with Moses. They were at Mount Horeb. This is how he had communicated with the nation of Israel. But, beloved, though he might use the earth and though he might use the wind, and though he might use the fire, it is not his normal, most popular soundtrack in our lives. But notice, notice this time. The Lord says, no, nah, I'm not going to use earth, wind, and fire in your life. Not that he can't, beloved. I'm not saying you can't listen to earth, wind, and fire. The that. Lord says, no. The normal means. The blessed means came by his spirit in the inward testimony of God's grace confirming his promises. This is the soundtrack that should play in our hearts every day. The voice of God, not in the wind, not in the earthquake, not in the storm, but the voice that speaks God's sustaining power and comforting love. It's soft, it's simple, but beloved, it's clear. It's clear. I remember in a very difficult time of my life in college, I remember calling my mother, and through her tears, she said to me, How sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he brings. But greater still, the calm assurance. That child can face uncertain days because Jesus lives. I've never forgotten that. And the Lord has continued to play that soundtrack in my life in desperate moments. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. I don't need earth, wind, and fire for that. That's the Spirit of the Lord coming sweetly and softly, calling me from fear. To faith—that's what he says he would do in Psalm 40, and verse three. He reminds us that God would put a song in your mouth, and out of fear, faith and trust will grow. I don't know—I don't—I don't know what it is for you, beloved, but there ought to be soundtracks that the Lord plays to remind you that He is God and that He is Lord right now. And beloved, it doesn't take a hurricane. It doesn't take a burning bush. It doesn't take an earthquake to hear them. Job 35 and 10 says that He gives songs in the night, and in the night, He reminds us, if you will listen, that yes, God is real. He's real in my soul. Yes, God is real, for he has washed and made me whole. And his love for me is like pure gold. Yes, God is real, for I can feel him deep in my soul. He gives those songs. He plays that soundtrack. He speaks to you today. You got to listen, beloved. Don't always be looking for earthquakes, hurricanes, and fires. But listen for the soundtrack of God. That moves you to know the times, these times, Elijah, these times are filled with swift transitions. None on earth unmoved can stand, but you got to build your hope on things eternal and hold to God's unchanging hand. That's what makes the difference. That's what God would have you to know today hold to his hand God's unchanging hand. And get out of that valley. You're going to learn that the Lord is Lord over yesterday. That God is Lord over today. And he is Lord over tomorrow. He is Lord over tomorrow. Elijah thought His life was over. And not only did he think it was over for him, Elijah thought it was over for the nation of Israel. Because in his opinion, in his opinion, he had failed to rescue the nation from the tyranny and the idolatry of Ahab and Jezebel. They were still reigning. They were still wrecking their Havoc and horror upon the nation. And not only did he fail to rescue the nation from their tyranny and idolatry, but the people didn't listen. And Jezebel was strong as ever. And to him, it looked like evil had triumphed. His life was over. And so too was the nation. Yet God reminded him And he reminds us, beloved, that no matter how dark the valley looks to you, a brighter day is coming because the Lord our God is the Lord over yesterday, today, and tomorrow. 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 Notice what he said to Elijah in chapter 19, verse 15. He says, now get up and go back where you came from. Go back where you came from. Go back to the nation of Israel. Go back to Jezebel and Ahab. Go back. Go to the desert of Damascus. And when you get there, find Haziel. When you get there, find Jehu. When you get there, find Elisha. Because Jehu will put to death any who escaped from Haziel, and Elijah will put to death any who escaped from Jehu. Listen, beloved. God tells Elijah, get up. Get up, Elijah. There are battle- battles to be won. Get up. Get up, Elijah. Jezebel is about to get hers. Get up. Notice what he said, go back to where you came from. I haven't given up, and therefore neither are you because the future belongs to me. I know what I'm doing here, beloved. Elijah, he was worried. He was worried because he believed that there was no tomorrow. He was worried because he believed that there were going to be no people, no prophets, and no promises. But God says, Elijah, on the contrary, I got promises to keep. I got prophets, hundreds who are waiting to help you. I got people, thousands, who haven't surrendered to Jezebel and Baal, and I'm going to keep all of my promises. Beloved, listen, listen, listen. We all get discouraged. We all, we all feel defeated from time to time. But I want you to listen to me this morning. No matter how discouraged, no matter how defeated, the Christian, the Christian need never be desperate. Never feel hopeless. Because nothing, nothing, nothing more important than trusting that God will be God tomorrow. The sun will come out tomorrow. You can bet your bottom dollar <laughs> that tomorrow there will be sun. Because there is God. God said, Elijah. Don't worry about Ahab and Jezebel. Jehu is going to take care of them. There will be a new king in Syria. There will be a new king in Israel. Elijah, there's even going to be a new prophet in the land. But it's always going to be the same God in heaven. Beloved, it is easy to look around and begin to think like Elijah. It happens all the time. Church doesn't do this. Church doesn't do that. It's easy to easy look around and think that nobody is doing what they're supposed to do. Nobody's saying what they're supposed to say. But you know what I know, beloved? I know this. That the church is here. And the church has been here. And the church will be here. Because the Lord promised people come into your life and people go. People come into the church and people go. People come into this world and people go. But Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 tells us that the Lord never changes. That he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I don't care what else is happening in this world or how it looks at any time to these old feeble eyes. The truth is this. Grace still abounds. The grave is still empty. The cross still saves. And last time I checked, the blood hasn't lost any power. That's. Because he's not just the God of yesterday and the God of today. He's the God of tomorrow. There's Dr. King who was fond of quoting the hymn. I've seen the lightning flash and I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt sin breakers crashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice of Jesus saying, telling me to fight on, promise me that he'd never leave me. No, never, never leave me alone. Never, never, never leave you alone. In the darkest of valleys, he's never leaving you alone. He doesn't leave you alone on the mountaintops. He doesn't leave you alone in the valleys. He doesn't leave you alone when you're up. He doesn't leave you alone when you're down. Never, never leaves him. He never leaves us alone. Elijah was not going to write the end of his story. God was. And you and I do not write the end to our. God does. In fact, beloved, God has. And it ends in victory. It ends in glory. No matter how far down it begins, it ends on top. It ends on the mountaintop. It ends in His Presence, it ends in glory. This is what Elijah would see in coming days. This I pray. We all see this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.